Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. This episode is sponsored by Goalie Gummies, a perfect addition to your wellness routine. Are you looking for a delicious way to support your overall health? Goalie ACV gummies are made with vitamin B9 and B12 to help support healthy nutrient metabolism and immune function. I have partnered with Goalie to give all of my listeners 20% off and free shipping. Use my coupon code at checkout, the gratitude chick, all one word, to take advantage of this offer. Their website is www.goli.com. That is www.goli.com. Also, don't forget to follow me on all of my social media platforms at The Gratitude Chick for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest Podcast for Facebook and Instagram, at Babes Who Manifest for TikTok, and Gratitude underscore Chick for Twitter. everyone and welcome back to your reading corner with the gratitude chick so today we are still in in, uh chapter number four i want to say yeah we're still in chapter four and hopefully we will be able to finish chapter four today um what's crazy is that we're 50 percent through the book and we're only on chapter four that's because the chapters are not long. I mean, excuse me, the chapter, there's not a bunch of chapters, but they're long. Um, as we get towards the end of the book, the chapters start getting shorter and shorter, though. So that's that's at least good. So as, um, as always, I do read with my own commentary. So I just wanted to remind you guys of that. You don't have to agree, but I do, did want to just kind of remind you that I do read with my own commentary. So... We're going to start back off um, again in chapter four. There is one mind common to all individuals, as Emerson said, and you are here to make choices. You are an organ of God and God has need of you where you are. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. Therefore, you are here to reproduce all that is true of the infinite. You can make decisions that are normal, rational, logical, and reasonable. Therefore, the tendency of life, the will of God for you, is a greater measure of life, truth, love, and beauty. So it's foolish, it's superstition, rank superstition to say, if God wanted to heal me, he would heal me. That's crazy because I used to say that. That's blasphemy because you are telling a lie about the infinite. You are lying about the infinite being. I have seen men and women live together in hate and resentment for many years rather than get a divorce. They said they were thinking in terms of the children. Well, the children grow up in the image and the likeness of the dominant mental and emotional climate of the home. And I always used to tell, you know, my family when they would say, you know, things about me and I used to always let them know I'm a product of my environment. So I, I don't don't blame me for who I am. I'm a product of you. And it, it, it galled them because it was, it was the truth. 
You can't expect me to be happiness and roses when you never gave that to me. So this is completely true. The children became delinquents and were sick all the time because the atmosphere of the home was hatred, resentment, hostility, and rage. It's a frightful way to live. Come to a decision. Realize it's far more decent, honorable, and godlike to break up a lie than live a lie. It's a frightful thing to do to live a lie and contaminate the minds of all those minds of all those about you. At least you have respect for the woman who got a divorce, much more so than the woman who's living a lie for 20 or 25 years. I mean, and I guess that is the reason why divorce rates are so high. But in reality, I will say that when God designed marriage and, um, you know, at the beginning of the world, those were not sinful people, you know? We are born into sin and shaping in iniquity. So the marriage that was designed then is just not conducive to a sinful human race. It really isn't. That is my opinion. So I don't believe that the marriage that was designed to stay forever in, um, you know, humans that had not sinned to you know, the marriage that's, you know, here today for sinful beings, I don't, I just don't think it's, uh, you know, something I would like to, I would never have entered into something like that in my 20s or 30s because I feel like I would be divorced just simply because I was not in my, uh, in the, in my mind enough to do that. But I had always said that I'll get married in my 50s. Because I think by the time you're 50, you know, you're growing, you have grown a lot more and you've overcome a lot. And at that point, you are able to settle down for the rest of your life by the time you're 50. (laughs) Yes, I know that sounds old, but I think, you know, I have friends who are on their third, second and third marriages, you know. And it's just simply because they started in their 20s. And I personally was not one of those women who wanted to be tied down to any man in my 20s or my 30s. And I've been asked, you know, uh, twice to, for, you know, someone asked me twice to to marry them. And both times it was, mm mm-mm. So it's just, mm mm-mm. It was not for me. Um, But in my 50s, I plan to get married. So let's see, where am I? There are people fearful to make a decision, sometimes because of religious, sometimes because of political or financial reasons. Some of them would rather get cancer, tuberculosis, and arthritis than break up a lie. Wow. I do know it's a lot of people still married right now that should not be married because they are religious. I agree with that. Many people decide every day to do something about it, but they do nothing at all about it. All the power of life is within you now, enabling you to make your decision right now. It's illogical to live a lie. When I was growing up, I had a friend whose parents lived in the same house, but they were divorced. They lived there to together as roommates to be there for their children. And, you know, it's, it's, it's expensive to live in Chicago, so it's, it was easier 
them monetarily and you know they had like four or five kids so they lived together and it worked for them you know and I think I'm not you know advocating that for anyone but I'm saying um I'm not an advocate for divorce but I am also not an advocate for marriage either because I think standing up before God making a vow to him about someone is way worse than fornicating. That's how I feel. (laughs) That's just how I feel. And I don't, I'm not even going to say I'm a proponent of fornication, but I also just don't believe in standing up before God if I'm not a thousand percent sure this is the person I would like to spend the rest of my life with. I have yet to meet a person where I would take them before God and say, I do. I have yet to meet a person, and I'm 46. I have seen people come to a logical decision. They said, I will arise and go to my father. They said, I will not live this way anymore. It takes two to make a go of marriage or make a business prosperous. If two people are in business and one is drunk all the time, insulting the customers, the house is divided, and certainly they are going to go broke. The thing for them to do is to dissolve the partnership and bless each other and go on about their business and decide to leave a full and happy life. But it's wrong to live that way. The right thing to do is to practice the golden rule and the law of love. Do what you are supposed to do. You are equipped to do it. There is a guiding principle within you. God wants you to be happy. You are here to reproduce all that's true of God. You are here to glorify God and enjoy him forever. That should be your decision. Your decision should be to lead a full and happy life. God gave you richly all things to enjoy. God made you rich. Why then are you poor? Okay. God created us so we might have life and have it more abundantly. Heretofore, you have asked for nothing. Now ask that your joy might be full. I love that scripture. In God, there is fullness of joy. In him, there is no darkness at all. The power of life is there. There is no such thing, as I said before, as indecision. There is only decision. So a person who decides not to decide, then the mass mind makes a decision for you and your life will be a mess. For that mass mind believes in tragedies, chaos, and misfortunes of all kinds. Most of it is highly negative. Surely you don't want that moving into your mind. If you do not come to a decision every morning to change your mental and spiritual batteries with God-like truths, who then will do your thinking for you? Who will govern your emotions? Who will govern your mood? Who's choosing your emotions? So basically he's saying that if you don't come to a decision every morning to, um, and this is me paraphrasing, to say your affirmations, to practice gratitude to um, do, you know, read your Bible, pray or whatever it is that you do as far as, you know, spirituality is concerned. If you don't make the conscious effort to do these, then what will happen is the tragedies of the world will it will filter into your mind instead. Our, go- our responsibilities to ourselves is to feed our mind to be better even the bible tells us whatsoever things are pure and of good report if there be any virtue and if there be any praise think on those things 
So it is up to you to train yourself to think on better things, to think better thoughts, to have better thoughts. And because whatever the, the Bible tells us out of the out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. So whatever you are dwelling on the most will come out of your mouth. So what you speak also, what you think and what you speak and how you feel becomes your life. You are creating that. So it is up to you to, to slow down the negative thoughts and cancel them, to stop the negative thought in its track. That is why we are doing the weekly affirmation because it is giving us a purpose to be able to say things all day long that, you know, kind of ping back and forth in our minds. It creates a high vibe. That is why I tell you, you know, use angel numbers to stop and do a 30 to 60 second gratitude rampage. If you're always grateful all day long, that is what's going to always be in your mind is gratitude. So, the power and the wisdom of the infinite are within you and you are here to use it. Come to the waters and drink. Buy wine and milk without money, without price. The price is belief recognition. The price is belief and recognition, sorry. It's assumption. Assume there is an almighty power. There's that assumption again. Your assumptions, as Churchill said, harden into facts. See, and this is what I was telling you. When you use your affirmations, they, the purpose is to create an assumption and your assumptions turn into your beliefs. If you are up in the mountains and you are fishing and you lost your way, for example, in the mountain stream and you see an old man of the woods and you say, how can I get back to the main road? And he tells you exactly how to go. You follow him, you find he is right. You assume what he said is right and it hardened into a fact, didn't it? Likewise, assume there is an infinite intelligence within you that started your heartbeat, grows hair on your face, digests your food. It watches over you when you are sound asleep. It wakes you up if you suggest a particular time as you go to sleep. If you are seeking an answer to an investment and say infinite intelligence reveals to me an answer about this investment, it seeks to heal you. You may wake up in the morning. and Okay, I never thought about that. Okay. You may wake up in the morning and you have a persistent feeling not to touch it. That's the voice of the divine answering you. Don't touch it. I have talked to women. I have talked to hundreds of them. They said, I knew as I was wake, walking up the aisle to marry that man, I shouldn't have done it. Okay. It's a lot. It's a lot of people like this. I know several. One has just had her second divorce and another one, she's still married to him. But when she married him, she was trying, she was in love with somebody else, child. Mm. Um, that lingering feeling that you have within you, sort of a hunch, a predominant feeling, the life principles seeking to protect them. And they ignored it. They rejected it. And of course, they had to get a divorce. Follow that thing. It's there. It's that inner sense of touch. One of my congregants prayed about an investment recently in Nevada. He said, infinite intelligence is guiding me. It reveals to me and to my wife the right thing to do regarding the investment. He came to a decision that there was a guiding principle. There was no if, no but, no and. Then before he acted on this decision, he had a dream in the middle of the night wherein he saw 
the leaders of the company in which he had planned to invest in prison with prison guards around them and a guard with a gun at the door. He woke up and he knew he was dealing with con men who had served time. Had he invested, he would have lost everything. But you have to come to a decision that there, there is a guiding principle within you. Wonders then will happen in your life. When you have what you term a difficult decision to make or when you fail to see the solution to your problem, begin at once to think constructively about it. If you are fearful and worried, you are not really thinking. True thinking is free from fear. Quiet the mind, still the body. Tell your body to relax. It has to obey you. Your body has no volition, initiative, or self-conscious intelligence. Your body is an emotional disc that records your beliefs and impressions. Mobilize your attention. Focus your thought on the solution to your problem. Try to solve it like a detective does with your conscious mind. Think how happy you would be without the perfect solution. Get all the information you can. Sense the feeling you would have if the perfect answer were yours now. Let your mind play with this mood in a relaxed way. If you are going to sleep, then drop off to sleep contemplating the answer. When you awaken and you do not have the answer, get busy about something else. Probably when you are preoccupied with something else, the answer will come into your mind like toast pops out of the toaster. In receiving guidance from your subconscious mind, the simple way is the best. A man lost a valuable ring, which was an heirloom. He looked everywhere for it and could not locate it. At night, he talked to the subconscious in the manner that I am talking to you. He said to it prior to dropping out to sleep, he's talking to his higher self. He came to a decision that there is nothing lost in the infinite. He said to his higher power, you know all things. You are wise. You are omnipresent. You know where that ring is. You are now revealing to me where it is. That's called prayer. It is coming to a decision. That's not mumbo jumbo. In the morning, he awoke suddenly with the words ringing in his ear. Ask Robert. Well, Robert happened to be his son, and he had asked Robert about it, and he said, oh, yes, I picked it up in the yard while I was playing with the boys. I placed it on the desk in my room. I did not think it was worth anything, so I didn't say anything about it. It only knows the answer, and by it, he's talking about God. Just say God. <laughs> when you call upon it, it will answer you. <clears throat> no, 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 that is not what the scripture says, so I'm going to read it how the scripture says when you call upon me, I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will set you on high because you have known my name. And in quietness and in confidence shall be your strength. It is written, God cares for you. God knows the answer. So that is kind of the end of chapter four, guys. We made it. But there is a little uh, blurb here that says in a nutshell. So I'm going to read that. The power to decide and to choose is a person's foremost quality. Humankind's capacity to choose and to initiate what is chosen reveals that the power to create has been bequeathed to us by God. When you use the term logical, you mean that your judgment is reasonable, sound, valid, based upon the rational principle of the universe or the way a thing is or that which is consistent and deducible. It is logical for you to think good, since only good can follow, 
It is illogical for you to think evil and expect good as seeds or thoughts grow after their kind. It is your divine and cosmic right to choose and to make decisions. You can decide to be healthy, happy, prosperous, and successful because you have dominion over your world. Your subconscious mind is subject to the decrees of your conscious mind. And whatever you decree shall come to pass. When you refuse to make decisions for yourself, you are actually rejecting your divinity and you are thinking from the standpoint of weakness and inferior, inferiority just like a slave and an underling. Acknowledge your divinity. You are here to choose. Choose whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, and whatsoever things are honest and of good report. Choose these thoughts. Decide to enthrone these thoughts in your mind and stick to that decision. We, I literally just said that. And that is why I had decided to do the 52 weeks of, um, you know, weekly affirmations to give us a, a, an affirmation a week to repeat um, all day to change your mind. When you pray for guidance and you want to make a decision, say infinite intelligence is guiding me. There is right action in my life. There is an over, overshadowing presence in which I live and move and have my being. It opens up the door for me. If you are praying for prosperity and success and achievement and you are jealous of others or their promotion or their possessions or the million dollars that they have, then that negation, that resentment, that envy, that jealousy blocks your good and inhibits your growth and, of course, interferes with your own prosperity. Truth. There are people fearful to make a decision, sometimes because of religious, sometimes because of political or financial reasons. Some of them would rather get cancer, tuberculosis, and arthritis than break up a lie. Many people decide every day to do something about it, but they do nothing at all about it. All the power of life is within you now, enabling you to make your decision right now. It's illogical to live a lie. Your decision should be to lead, be to lead a full and happy life. God gave you richly all things to enjoy. God made you rich. Why then are you poor? God created us so we might have life and have it more abundantly. So that is the end of chapter four, which means this episode is going to be pretty short. Um, chapter five, I don't think we want to just start chapter five right now. Although chapter five is also going to be a, a doozy. Ooh, you just wait to chapter six. That one is probably the longest one yet. Uh, that's almost 50 pages, chapter six. Yikes. So, um, I don't know. I like this book. I do. I kind of... <laughs> I kind of want to pause it, though, and start another book. <laughs> I know. But this book, I did not choose well. This book is 300 pages, and I try to choose books that are around 150 pages because right now we will be done, right? So this book is about 300 pages. So I am thinking about stopping this book now to start another one because I feel that this book is its not tedious because I think if I read it, you know, just me to myself, then it is great, you know, but it's 300 pages and that's a lot because of how, you know, long the chapters are. It's a lot 
to record. So it, you know, we still have like six more chapters to go, which means about 24 more episodes or at least 20 more episodes. And that's just a lot, you know? So I think we are going to pause this book and maybe pick it back up on chapter five. Um, there is another book that I saw that I wanted to read. Um, I think if you're in my group, oh, what what is that book? Don't you hate when that happens? I had started the game of life and how to play it and didn't finish it. So it's between finishing that book and it was one more. Oh, wait, is this it? Nope. I was thinking about the book, The Richest Man in Babylon, but mm, I don't I don't think I, I want to do that one either. So I'm trying to find it. But I feel like it's in my um in my collection here, my Kindle collection. I have hundreds of books here. So um I don't know if I'll be able to find it. Let me let me pause you guys and see if I can find it. Okay, so I found it. I think what we're going to do is stop here and start the science of getting rich on Thursday. And um, we'll, we'll come back to finish this book. Um, but I, I do want to give you guys a break because it's, it's been a lot. I know, <laughs> I know if it's been a lot for me to read, I know it's a lot for you guys to listen. And because we just did The Power of Your Subconscious Mind and then hopped right into this book after The Alchemist and The Four Agreements, that it might just be a lot. So um, I know that everybody has heard or most of you guys have heard of The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles. It is a short book, so it shouldn't take us long to actually read this book. Let's see. It is literally... Um, only it's it's 16 chapters but it's really it's so short that it doesn't even have um page numbers it has locations so and the location is not even a thousand like a thousand if you know kindle then you know that the location could be thousands and this hasn't even made it to a thousand it's like 901 so this is what we'll start on Thursday. I was going to start it today, but I didn't want to, you know, do that to you guys after finishing four and then going, you know, right into this one. So we will start chapter one of the science of getting rich on Thursday. Thank you guys so much for listening. And um, <clears throat> we'll come back to this probably um, by the end of the summer. Um, because after the science of getting rich, I am going to go back to the game of life and how to play it and finish that. If you want to get caught up on that, that is um, all. It is in the uh, the first like six chapters. I think I've already read to you guys. So you just have to scroll down on the uh, podcast. It was in 2021, so you have to scroll scroll down on the podcast and start at chapter one for um, the game of life and how to play it. So that is going to happen um, after this, and then we'll finish up this last book. So if you guys have recommendations on what books you want to hear me read, um, I don't. I really try to stay away from books that are like newer. I'm trying to stick with like these um, 
what they called the new thought authors back then. So like 50, 60 years ago. So Wallace Waddles, um, you know, Neville Goddard, Florence Scovelshin, those people. So if you have any of those books, you know, book recommendations that you would like to hear me read and expound on, just, you know, sit, let me know in the group, Babes Who Manifest, or send me an email to babeswhomanifest at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'll see you guys Thursday where we start The Science of Getting Rich. Uh, don't forget to add gratitude as a daily practice in your life. I promise you your life will change once you add the daily practice of gratitude. You guys have a blessed day. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Babes Who Manifest podcast. I am your host, Luanza, aka The Gratitude Chick. Don't forget to subscribe and give my podcast five stars. If you have not already, join my Facebook group, Babes Who Manifest. Thank you.